my guest today is Dirk Johnson, the Executive Director of Vacation Rental Housekeeping Professionals. And it's a timely topic of coronavirus and vacation rental cleaning. This is a one to listen to. This is the Vacation Rental Success Podcast, keeping you up to date with news, views, information and resources on this rapidly changing short-term rental business. I'm your host, Heather Bayer, and with 25 years of experience in this industry, I'm making sure you know what's hot, what's not, what's new, and what will help make your business a success. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of the Vacation Rental Success Podcast. I'm super delighted to be back with you again. Of course, you cannot open a newspaper, if anybody opens a newspaper these days, turn on TV, turn on the radio, look at the internet without seeing something about COVID-19 or coronavirus. It is something that is impacting every single one of us, regardless of what we consider to be inf information or disinformation or fake news or whatever people are calling it. There is a fear and a panic and it is gripping the world at the moment as we know it. So while we cannot, unfortunately, control how people respond to all the media reports and the drama and the fear-mongering, what we can do is put things in place to make our business lives as, I hate to say easy, but as efficient and as effective and as responsive as we possibly can in these what are, I think, going to be difficult times over the next few months. And we, we certainly know for, from what we hear from our friends in northern Italy and across Europe, the huge impact that this is happening on them. So I'm not going to talk anymore. I'm going to go over to a Zoom conversation that I had with Dirk Johnson of the Vacation Rental Housekeeping Professionals. And I think you'll find this a super interesting conversation. Dirk, thank you so much for, for joining me today. Oh, you're so welcome. Thanks for inviting me. I, <laughs> I always enjoy speaking with you and having our conversations. It's always a ball. I love it. It is. It's always so much fun. And you were, I could not think of anybody better to to come along and talk to me today and to perhaps hopefully I mean I, I don't think anybody can allay the fears that people have at the moment I mean many of I don't did did you see the article by the um, physician from Mississauga Abdu Shakawi his name was and it, I, ha I have not not seen that I've been speaking to my health professionals here uh, where I live but I have not seen it. I would love to see that article if you'll you'll pass that on to me I, I will do because it was so rationed and reasonable and he's an infectious disease specialist in Toronto and oh yes and it was a, an incredibly well-written article he's he's written one about travel and and the virus as well so yeah oh, I'm, really? I'm going to make sure there's a link to that on the show notes so anybody can take a look at that but firstly <laughs> yeah, just to yeah, that would be great just to introduce you to the audience, for anybody who uh, who doesn't know who you are, this is Dirk Johnson. 
It's an absolute pleasure to have him here. He's the executive director of Vacation Rental Housekeeping Professionals. Now, just tell me what happened in October and the merger with VRMA. Ah, great question. That was, uh, yes, news back in October when the Vacation Rental Housekeeping Professionals Association became a part of the Vacation Rental Managers Association. And so um, as far as content and everything, that stays consistent all the way through. It just means that we're now under the VRMA umbrella and all of that great content and so forth. We now have access to the resources of uh, VRMA and Smith Buckland to help facilitate uh, the work we have to do in assisting professionals be more effective and efficient in their in their cleaning and taking care of the properties that they have. So it's, it's all good. And, good and news. just a little background on you as well as, as a housekeeping professional. I, I looked at your, your LinkedIn uh, page this morning and I love it where it said, Dirk Johnson cleaning up other people's messes since 2001. Yeah. So 2001, October 1st is when I started as the assistant director of housekeeping for a company called Deer Valley Lodging in Park City, Utah, right before the uh, 2002 Winter Olympics. And uh, never looked back since. You know, it's curious, the, the first, after my first day on the job in Deer Valley, I would have changed every single housekeeping department I managed uh, prior to that. Uh, It was that incredible and that powerful, the systems and processes that I learned. So pretty amazing. And you've been involved with that ever since? Involved with housekeeping? Ever since. And- yeah, housekeeping. I've, I've always had a hand in it uh, along the way. You know, I've taken hiatuses, so to speak, to manage a front desk, to manage a reservations department, to do the things of that nature, which, you know, only further rounded my understanding of the vacation rental side of the business. Uh, but always have had uh, a passion and a connection for, uh, for the cleaning side. And of course, you've been on the show before. Again, I'll put a I link have. to that. So um, I'm lucky enough to be asked to return. So that means <laughs> I said some things that uh, didn't alienate too many people. So that's a good thing. I, th- I think there's been nearly two and a half thousand downloads of that particular episode. <laughs> so, <laughs> it is. Uh, it, it, it definitely resonated with many people. Okay, today. Uh, that's good. Today we're talking yes. coronavirus or COVID nineteen, whichever one. Whatever yes. name you want to use, um, I've I've been seeing or hearing so much. I'm sure you have about cancellations and and issues that uh, that managers are facing at the moment. But I wanted today to really focus on on the question that's coming up from managers and from guests, and it's all about cleaning. How do we get it yes. right? How do we how do we do this thing so everybody's happy? So I went out on the Facebook group, the business yes. of uh, short-term rental and property management, and asked for some questions and questions I got. <laughs> Yes, I'm sure you did. <laughs> Within about five minutes. Um, oh, really? Yes. Yes, they all came. I think within 13 minutes, I had six or seven questions. So it's oh, good. Definitely, good. definitely top of mind. I don't know. Where, sh- where shall we start? I, I'm going to leave that to you to say. So, so I, I think we should start with a couple of definitions because I think that'll help add some clarity to our conversation. Please. So there, there are essentially three types of, of cleans, if you will. You have, not cleans, but you have, there are three definitions we need to be aware. First one is sanitization. Second one is disinfection. And the third is sterilization. 
Or so we're going to kick sterilization out because there's no way we're going to get to that in a vacation rental, right? That requires pressure, temperature, think autoclave, think surgery. So mm-hmm. that one's totally out. So we want to think of sanitization and disinfection. So when, a, when I sanitize something, that means I'm taking the surface and I'm totally reducing the number of microbes on that surface. So for instance, if there were X number of billion microbes on the surface and I use a sanitization product, I'm reducing that by X percent. Whereas a disinfectant or disinfection is specific to a microbe. So the disinfectant is going to be tested against MRSA, staph, tuberculosis, HIV, these types of things. And so it'll actually say on the product that this product kills this particular microbe after a certain amount of dwell time. And so we have to look at this definition as we start to now look at COVID 2019. Am I going to sanitize the property that I'm cleaning or am I going to disinfect the property that I'm cleaning? And so now to disinfect a hard surface, you can certainly do that with a disinfectant because hard surfaces are very simple to do. You put the product on there, it dwells, you so forth. Now, when you start to think of soft products, so curtains, mm-hmm. couches, bedspread, well, we'll leave bedspreads out because it's a different piece. So couches, those types of things, um, you know, then you really have to make sure that the sanitizer and the disinfectant talks about killing the microbes on those soft goods or those soft surfaces. So what do you use? What's <laughs> you know, I, you you can go into a um, you know supermarket and go down up and down those aisles and wait. There's still products on the on the aisle <laughs> when you shop. Wait, what? My husband's just come back from shopping and he has toilet paper. <laughs> oh, look at you! Does he have hand sanitizer? That's, or did he oh. pay sixty dollars for a three ounce bottle? <laughs> no, we paid three dollars ninety nine about two weeks ago, and it, uh, we haven't touched it yet. <laughs> So here's my response to that, because I know your, your listenership is all over the world. And so you've got people in the United States, Canada, Europe, you know, Asia, South America. And so my counsel to you is rather than me giving a specific name is to reach out to your local janitorial supply company and see a, what they have in stock and B, what can they keep in stock? Mm-hmm. And so as you have this relationship with this local janitorial supply company, they will be able to provide this information to you because you'll be able to say, you know, I have hard surfaces, what can I use and what can they receive? And then you can say the same thing, you know, I have, I have curtains, I have sofas, I have these things, you know, what can I spray on it to work with that? And they'll say, well, I have a sanitizer, but it takes forever. So you need to be careful. And so you can start to work with it that way. If you're in the United States, the EPA just provided a list, just uh, March 3rd, they, they posted it, a list of different items that are effective in, in killing or would fall under the disinfectant category of the COVID 2019. And so I can send you that list uh, or that link. So you mm-hmm. can then post that at the bottom of this as well. And then to your listeners that are outside the US, they could certainly look at this list and be able to say, hey, can I get that? Because some of the companies listed on there are actually international companies. And so you should be able to get those products, mm-hmm. assuming that your your supplier has it. Now, again, the issue is suppliers are under tremendous amount of, tremendous amount of stress. And some of those items may be on back stock or behind. Um, I spoke to my local janitorial supply person the other day. And for simple, uh, uh, simply a stand for hand sanitizer, they're not going to have those back in stock until May. 
Oh, wow. Uh, and that's just for the stand. That's not the hand sanitizer. Yeah. <laughs> that's just a stand for people to stick their hand under and get it. So uh, I spoke to another supplier that I have down in the southeastern part of the United States. And, you know, he is out, but has has some on order and expects to have it, you know, within seven days. So, you know, you just, that's why I say reach out to your local janitorial supply company, see what they have, see what their delivery timetables are. That way you're able to, to have that product that you need. Okay. So we have, we have a lot of listeners who are not running property management companies. They are, they're independent owners. They may not even know of a janitorial supplies company. So you know, are, are they going to Home Depot? I'm picking something up no, there. No, so or? yeah, so I mean, if you just every 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 large community is going to have some sort of place where the school districts are buying from, some sort of place where the city governments are buying from, some place like that, and so they sell over the counter. It's, it's sort of wheel call place. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's open to the public. Um, you know, I go down to mine all the time. And uh, ask for items, and uh, they'll have you. Mine had me set up an account, uh, and I picked up a sales rep that I speak to maybe three times a year, even though I don't clean, but I speak to her every once in a while. And so, um, you know, if, if you wanted to look at that list mm-hmm. uh, that I'll provide to you, you could certainly, you know, go down to your Home Depot and, and take a look, you know, there and, and, and work from it from that standpoint. Again, you know, the local janitorial supply company will provide, can get you tools, they can get you toilet paper, they can get all these things at a much better price than you can otherwise. So it's not just, you know, ah, uh, the sky's falling COVID-19, what do I do? Mm-hmm. This is actually a long-term solution to some of the products, even guest supplies, some of them offer. So again, it just depends on what your standard is, what your brand is, what you're doing as you start to go through that. So reach out to your school district, see who they're buying from, reach out to, if you've got a large corporation or an office building, see who they're buying from. There's all sorts of ways to, okay. to reach out and do that. And, and again, uh, a local owner in a local community, uh, you could certainly do that. Or the other option would be to totally go down to a local hardware store, such as an Ace or a True Value, and set mm-hmm. up a business, a business-to-business account that way, because okay. they can certainly yeah, would would welcome that business. That way, your money stays in the local community longer, and you're able to have this this connection that way. And then you could buy your maintenance parts from them as well. Okay, great answer. And that probably takes care of one of the question that Derek Eaton asked was, are there any cleaning protocols that should be done differently than normal best practices in light of uh, COVID-19? Um, and I and I would say, because when I looked at the CDC website, as I was doing, doing my work and prep for some of the other stuff that I have going on, uh, they're looking at COVID-19 is a virus, and that's how they're talking about it. So any protocols you would take to take care of a normal virus, such as flu or something like that, you would want to, that, that's where you're going to go. So are you going to talk about with your staff, you know, you're going to say, hey, don't forget to hit the light switches today. Don't forget to, to make sure we, the dwell time of this product is X amount of time. Let's practice that. You know, let's really look and see what, feel that, what that time feels like. And then, yes, absolutely. No, good, solid, fold the wall protocol, clean process protocol, stuff we've been talking about to help people be effective that way. Yes. Um, okay. So Suzanne Young said, are there best practice protocols for VR cleaning that will be published? What would be helpful are vetted comprehensive reference standards. In, and and I, I completely agree with her. Instead of lots of blog posts and suggestions, as she says, as well-meaning as the latter may be. Is there anywhere, I mean, are, are VRHP or VRMA producing some reference that people can go to? You know, I, you know a, a, a list of products is fantastic, 
but you were you talked just now about you know today you're going to do light switches and should ev- should everybody be doing that their, their own or is there something well, standard so, out there? So um, your question, your question's really good, and in my and in my mind, I'm <laughs> saying so. Let's take a step back for a moment and let's think about the virus for a second. So. COVID-19, 2019, like any virus is, is, well, this virus is transferred by touch. So when people talk, when people sneeze, you know, there's, there's, um, you know, little particles that come out and land on surfaces. And so as you're cleaning, again, you want to make sure you have the right product and you want to have the right rag, a microfiber rag, and you want to make sure that you have all of these items. And then as you follow the pattern to go through and clean, then that will do that. So uh, yes, various people have a list of things to do that with and to to have that published. Yes, we we are doing that. Okay. But my fear is my fear is is I don't want people to think, oh, this is just for this COVID 2019. Mm-hmm. No, these are because of how it is a a virus that is akin to the flu and some of these other viruses that travel the world based on seasonality. You know, just because this comes around doesn't mean we have to overhaul our cleaning processes. It means we have to, you know, focus on our current practice, make sure everybody's following it and make sure we have the best products available. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Great. Great advice. I just want to bring on another question that Betsy Labarge answered. You know Betsy, of course. And she, she, she'd, Betsy, asked, yes. she'd asked a question about the difference between cleaning, sanitizing and disinfecting, which you have already covered. But she says, what doesn't work? For sanitizing and disinfecting, you know, vinegar, for example, cleans, uh, but it doesn't, doesn't sanitize yeah, or disinfect. Doesn't. No, it doesn't. And I and I know that there's going to be there's going to be the the pushback. I, I hope not too much pushback from people who are saying I don't want to use chemicals. Well, so so there, there's all sorts of things out there. So um, I know so I know Betsy's got a great product that she uses up there uh, from I believe the name is EnviroCare. I think is the name of the, her product that she uses. It's a hydrogen peroxide based item. And it comes in two concentrates based on how it's dispensed, one for all purpose and one for bathrooms. And so, uh, so that, that would be a great route to go. You know, the, the, thing, the thing to consider as you start to look at the products you're using would be to go either to the manufacturer's website if you're buying it from a big box store or to your local janitorial supply person and say, here's my product. What microbes does it kill? Please provide me this list. Mm-hmm. And so that way you can do that. Because again, so, so the mentality is we are professional cleaners. Again, whether you're a company or whether you're running your own property and, and just a, a sole proprietor in, in that way, you're a professional cleaner. You're a professional manager in some way, shape, or form, which means you should be using professional products. And so uh, there are lots of products out there that don't fall into the chemical realm, such as the one I just described for, for Bets, that Betsy uses. At the same time, we want to be sustainable in what we do. We are dealing with some very nasty things. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things I talk about is a housekeeper's world is a dangerous world. You think of all of the microbes that they come in contact with, from staph to MRSA to E. coli to salmonella, you know, all of these dangerous things. And then you start to add on top of that the hundreds and hundreds of different types of coronaviruses mm-hmm. there are that now circulate this, this beautiful planet that we live on, you you know, we have to have a product that does well, Mm -hmm. which is why I advocate, you know, obviously no vinegar, some of these other, no, no home brewed stuff because you can't get a safety data sheet for it. 
you know, you've got to be getting it from a, from an individual that way. And there are lots of products out there that don't fall into the category, hydrogen peroxide, you know, circs, and there are lots of products out there that have that as a base mm-hmm. for you to work with. So, so you touched on something that, uh, that, that, that was in, inherent in one of the questions, and that is actually the cleaning team, the people who do, who are going into these places and are, who are not only connecting with the cleaning, cleaning products, but also the potential of being in contact with in places where this virus might be. So this was Stephanie Wildener who says, my concern is for my cleaning team. How can they protect themselves while cleaning multiple properties, not only from the virus, but from the effects of the heavier cleaning products being used? And she says, my cleaners are invaluable to me and I want to make sure that measures are taken to keep them healthy too. (laughs) (laughs) Totally so. So there's two pieces to that. So the first piece is um, you want to, Stephanie, I would say to her and to everybody, look at the safety data sheets uh, that your your cleaners are working with, the safety data sheets of the products your, your cleaners are working with to make sure you're providing all of the proper personal protective equipment, the appropriate gloves, glasses, or splash goggles if necessary. Uh, you know, you want to be providing all of those and the, and the correct gloves. Some people are allergic to latex, so you have to do the nitrate. Some people want to do the nitrate. So there's all sorts of things associated with that, you know, the other thing that you want to do is you want to talk about uh, proper hand washing. Yes, we need to train people on how to hand on how to wash their hands appropriately. And so having that training to them, so when they take the gloves off, they can wash their hands or providing hand sanitizer to them. This is because we are always inadvertently touching our face and, you know, touching our eyes and nose and mouth and so forth. And so making sure that we are able to protect and have clean hands, so to speak, as they go from from place to place. Now, there were two pieces of that question and I started to ramble. Um, not at all. Um, everything you say, you're saying is so valuable. So ramble away. Um, well, I want to make sure because there there were two specific things. One was how do I make sure my housekeepers stay, 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 stay clean. So that boils down to personal protective equipment, washing hands and so forth. And I would even add to that proper nutrition and proper sleep, Mm -hmm. you know, because again, this, this, the Corona COVID 2019 that we're talking about, you know, actually resides on a surface. So I have to touch it with my hand and then I have to touch me for it to, to be transmitted. And so that's why it's important that we know how to take our gloves off. It's why it's important we know how to wash our hands. It's why it's important that we use the appropriate products mm-hmm. to, to sanitize or disinfect whatever service that we're working with. Yeah. The second part of the question was the effects of the heavier cleaning products. <laughs> That's what it was. And so I would, I would look at this and, and I would, I would, the question mark in my mind would be heavier cleaning products, because again, the products that will, will kill the COVID 2019 are the exact same products you should normally be cleaning with anyway, based mm-hmm. on what you have, based on the list that I have in front of me from, again, from the United States on the EPA. So to me, you shouldn't be going in with some sort of, of strong acidic solution or, or home brewing something to, to do something of that nature to, to make Mm -hmm. sure that you're able to kill this based on what, what you've read. Uh, you know, again, you, you're a professional and you need to be using professional products from a professional source because that gives you your documentation and that gives you all your backup Mm -hmm. to go forward with. Now I did think it was curious and I did have this same thought. One of your listeners, uh, uh, Ray Bear, Ray Barre, Barre, I guess is, yeah. how, is how I would I would pronounce that. He asked a really great because I had the same question. He asked a question about an ozone machine because that's immediately where I went. 
well, I'm just going to put an ozone machine in there and, and take care of it. And so I reached out to my ozone expert and he said, uh, yes, it will. But by the time you get to the concentrate levels that the ozone will kill it, you're dead. So, so ozone's out. Because uh, I would have I would have done that as well. But anyway, so I mean, great question, right? We have a tool for an ozone machine that is specific for good things, but it's not good for for this. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we talked. You've you've t- been talking mainly about, um, and it sounds like in-house cleaners, the ones that we can, you know, we can say you have to use these products, you have to use them in this way, you have to do all these things. What about the people who are using third-party contractors? Because we can't tell them what to use. So, right. In the United States, that is correct. Um, for the other countries, you know, the laws are different based on the, the difference between employer and so mm-hmm. forth. So, uh, again, I would encourage them to look at the local laws from that standpoint. At the same time, though, you could certainly sit down and discuss with them and say, hey, you know, as a business owner to a business owner, I would really love to know what you're cleaning with. What what microbes is your product killing? What's going on with that? And that way you're able to have that list and be able to work with them and be able to have this conversation about, even though you're not saying, here's my list of products I want you to use, you're at least saying, hey, let's do some discovery process here. We understand that there's this COVID 2019 out there. We understand there's MRSA. We understand there's staff. Those are the world over. You know, we have the flu that comes around. What are we doing? What products are we using to, to help facilitate that? So I, I believe as a bit, conversation from a business owner to a business owner mm-hmm. would go a long ways in helping find those answers and, and then to provide counsel for both of you, because you're going to have questions. You're going to go, wow, I'd never thought of that. That's a great <laughs> question. Let's find out. And there's nothing wrong with saying, I don't know. I will find out. That is totally acceptable answer in my book. Yeah. Um, Making something up. <laughs> that is not the right answer. The, uh, the, the questioner, Deanna Steele is, uh, is in Canada and she, she says, I do tell my contractors that they have to use a particular product for kitchen and bath and high touch services like door handles. But, uh, we want to set these requirements without confusing contractors and employees. So, uh, I think that, that that's a great idea. It's just, it's just that transparency, isn't it? And openness. It is, you know, and then, and then as you meet with your, uh, again, to, to Deanna Steele uh, up there in the, in the great country of Canada, by the way, every time I go, I come home with loads and loads of chocolate. So hopefully when I come see you, Heather, I'll be able to come home with loads and loads of chocolate. Chocolate? Um, why, 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 why chocolate? Do we have better chocolate? chocolate is so much better than the U.S. chocolate. <laughs> Just so you know. Well, Sorry. I have Your to listeners say, are going, what does that have to do with cleaning? It doesn't. It has everything to do with a personal bias that when I cross the border <laughs> and I come back into the U.S., the U.S. custom agents are saying, what's up with all this chocolate? I said, it's better than the U.S. Do you want some? <laughs> great. That's great. So anyway, so right. So each country is different. And so when I talk, you know, my, you, my audience is mostly the U.S. And I know in the U.S., those are the rules and those are the guidelines. And when we start to cross the border into Canada and some of these other locations, yeah. um, I will admit that I am not versed in what those rules and regulations are, and I will commit to be better at finding out what they are based on the country, then you could certainly do that as you start to go forward. So this next question is, is from me. <laughs> because you? It's oh, my no, question. I better, have, I better pay attention now. <laughs> We've, um, you know, we, we, had a, we had a company meeting this morning and we just, you know, we, we a bit of emergency planning. We can see what's going to happen over the next few months. We're, we're mainly a drive to market and that I think is going to actually bring us more guests because there's going to be more staycations. Mm-hmm. However, yes. I think we're going to be having this question as people think, oh, I'll just take the two hour journey out of Toronto and up to a cottage in, in the, you know, a little bit more of a rural area. How they want to know 
how how clean that home is, how it's been cleaned, how best to give them that information. So here's my my thought on this particular piece, and that is we need to be telling a story and we need to be telling it now. In other words, we need to be, uh, whether that's through the video world, the written world, or the photo world, doesn't matter. Talk about what you're doing. Mm -hmm. If you're meeting with your local janitorial supply company, take a picture with you meeting with this individual and post it. Take a picture of you doing additional training with your cleaning staff and post it. Talk about the extra time that you're working with to make sure that you're touching all of these different surfaces. You know, talk about, hey, we did a revisit of the the cleaning methodology called follow the wall. It helps ensure that we don't miss anything. And we are redoubling our training efforts and revisiting some of our, our training basics to make sure that we are ready for this. And so you could start to tell that story now. And that, to me, to me, that would be my response because everybody owns their own story. If we're not saying anything, then somebody else is going to write our story for us. And it's not going to be the ending or the storyline that we want. Yeah, I, I love that. And, and that, in fact, um, was where we came out of our meeting this morning saying we've got to be upfront with owners and guests right now. Because, yes. you know, we're hearing from owners as well. You know, how do we know that the people coming to stay at my place aren't infected or should be, you know, that they've come into contact with somebody who is, how do we know this? How do we know we are, you know, our place is safe. And that, yeah, and you know, that's a tough one don't. as well. You don't. You don't. Yeah. That's, that's the, the short answer is you don't. And so the long answer now becomes, this is what we're doing to make sure that we mm-hmm. do that. We've double checked our products or sanitization products. And we've checked that we're using the best disinfecting products that we have. We've made sure that our housekeepers, our cleaning professionals are using the appropriate tools and the appropriate products in the appropriate places. They all have microfiber rags, which helps grab and hold on to dirt and viruses and all these other things. We've got all the stuff that we are doing to facilitate that. And we've even gone a step further to make sure that the the couches and so forth, based on what we have, we were able to find a special, you know, a sanitization product to spray on the fabric. Again, you've got to dig, do some digging to find it to make sure that the homes are as best as they can. And that's all we can do is it, the best we can do. This is a good segue into something you said at the, the outset of this conversation. You said, we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> that's bed spreads. Oh, I, I said, not in that conversation. I'm more than happy to talk about it. Yes, let's talk about what my opinion is. Uh, I think, uh, I think most of us have a, a, a similar opinion. You know, I'm in our, in, in my little world up here in Canada it's it, I, I've had this constant battle against you know the the old comforters that sit on the beds for for years and yes. and never get laundered yes. or they never did. I mean right. certainly our properties are, are different, but I still see some of these. So yes. a couple of things here. One is you know can we can we address the topic of bedding and also the topic yes. of laundering bedding, particularly yes. when I know in some of in. Um, I, I, I hear some people have been saying, you know, you should never allow in-property in laundering to take place. But in certain areas, that's all they can do because there isn't anything else. So how do we address the whole bedding issue? So there, there's there's a couple of thoughts. So from the bedspread perspective or the comforter perspective, it would be really cool, awesome, whatever word you'd like to insert there to go with something as a sheet duvet or triple sheeting or something of that nature. That way, every time the guests change, it's laundered. So that's the positive side. The downside is now that's more to wash 
And it's an extra cost that has to be passed on to somebody, mm-hmm. whomever, whomever that may be. You know, you look at the major hotel brands, they've gone all gone to something of that nature because that way they can wash it every, mm-hmm. every single time. Although a lot of them still have remote controls that are full of all sorts of nasty things, but we won't go there. <laughs> but they've taken care of the sheets and the bed. So that's, that's, a, good, that's a good start. And so, uh, so that's, that's where I would be. Now, as far as, as, far as laundering, you know, I've, I've been seeing some articles and some things of that nature where people where they wash in a home, a, a home style washing machine that they're not killing all of the microbes. So they're seeing a rise in E. coli. They're seeing a rise in some of these other microbes that are on the sheets because they're not being laundered effectively inside a home washing machine. And so, um, so there, there's two answers to that. Um, one is, you know, how do you figure out to do an on-premise laundry facility so you can get the proper time, the proper temperature, and the proper mechanical action and the proper chemistry to make sure all of those are washed appropriately. But then I think of someone such as you uh, or even another client I have up in your neck of the woods where to transport laundry back and forth would be totally inconceivable because you've got all your homes on islands and to have a ferry ride back and forth is not um, mm-hmm. not the best way to do it. So, so either A, you've got to have a multiple par of linen so they show up with a clean set and bring the dirty set back or you've got to launder it in the facility. And if you're going to launder it in the facility, then again, I would reach out to uh, the local janitorial supply company and say, here's my problem. I need to make sure my cleaners are trained to use this machine appropriately. What product can I put in there that's going to take care of all the microbes and to kill this to make sure that this is sanitized and disinfected to the best of my ability in a home machine? And they'll provide a product for you for that. That that's that, that's great. It, this this really covers off. A, there was a qu- the question that uh, Amy Highnote put on the Facebook group, and don't want to be missing out on Amy's que- Amy's question. But that was it. You know, after Friday's webinar, and I'll put a link to the webinar that um, that Amy did with um, with with some leading uh, vacation rental experts, Simon Lehman, Steve Milo. Um, Jason Sprankle, etc. last week when they were talking a lot about cancellation. But after the webinar, she's heard from several companies who believe this is an opportunity for a major shift in VR housekeeping. And she goes on to mention bedspreads. But she says it would be great to hear from you now that you have the power of VRMA behind you. <laughs> and are you making any big moves to advance housekeeping standards? Well, of course, always, always, always looking to advance that piece because that, that's my world. Um, but, you know, I think to Amy's Amy's question, there there's another aspect of it that we can't miss. And that is whether you're a property manager or whether you're just a single property owner slash manager, in the end, you're an asset manager, you're managing this asset. And so, you know, looking at how to take care of this property to make sure it is always providing the best return. So does that mean every five years I replace a mattress? Yeah, probably does. Does that mean I'm communicating to the owners of the comp- of the of the properties that hey, your couch has a three year lifespan and you're two years into that. So in the next 12 months, if you come across a deal on a mat on a sofa that you like, we need to replace it. And so it comes back to this whole communication piece of being in the property and being able to find the way to communicate with the property owner what's taking place in their property because everything has a lifespan. Mm-hmm. You know, gone are the days of when I could take my old couch from my house and take it to the beach house and put it in there and call it good enough. You know, that, that, that doesn't work anymore. And, and, you know, really as a hospitality establishment, we're after two things from a guest perspective. One is safety and security. And two is a good night's rest. 
And a mattress that is 30 years old does not provide a good night's rest. Mm -hmm. And so you want to make sure that you have a good night's rest. And then, you know, you think of the sheets that are attached to that, that are covering the bed. And that's the closest thing you have to the guests and all those things that then start to go into that to make sure that this, this property that we've been entrusted with, we're looking at it to provide the best return, not only as a rental, but eventually the property owner may decide to sell it, but it needs to be at the best opportune, I mean, it needs mm-hmm. to be in the best condition to do that whatever that owner may see fit. And some owners are more willing to do that than others, but that's a whole different conversation for a different day. Okay. Well, you did you did say a, a second or a minute or two ago that you had a, something that was a different conversation. So I'm going to bring it back to remotes oh, now. okay. <laughs> remotes. <laughs> you said that's a different conversation. So I'm going to say, okay, let's start a different conversation. What are the little things like, you know, that, that, that carry the so many issues like remote controls? Oh, I have a guilty pleasure. <laughs> Excuse me. One of the things that I love to do, particularly at the national conference for VRHP, is I will go around with a with a sterile cotton swab, and I will take some sterile saline solution, and I will spray the Q-tip, and I will swab the different surfaces. And I will actually put it on a, on a Petri dish and grow it for three days, and then part of the show and tell at the end of the conference is show what grew. Oh, it's so cool. So cool. <laughs> So uh, the, the worst places that I have found in a property are the remote controls. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one place that I haven't, I haven't touched, but I think I will the next time, are the thumb turns on the light switch. Because they've got all those nasty grooves and, yes, you know, yes. and all those things that hold on to that. So that would be the other place uh, that I would look. And then I was listening to podcasts. Uh, and there's a podcast out there, a total podcast devoted to, uh, doing a cotton swab on a toilet seat. And I was so ashamed of myself that I had not thought of to do the actual toilet seat. I've done the front of the toilet, but I have never done the seat where you sit. And I'm like going, hello, why have I not done that? So I will be doing that experiment here shortly. Just, just to see. So remote control is the worst. Uh, in in a residential in, in in a hotel or a vacation rental environment, that would be uh, the toilets are, are in many ways far cleaner than the remote controls, yeah, at least based on the on the growing that I've done. <laughs> Different sort of grow up then. <laughs> well, you know, I, I I am known to be crazy and kooky from time to time, so hopefully those that are just hearing me for the first time won't throw me under the bus too far as they <laughs> they see what I'm doing and give me a chance to to share my knowledge and expertise. But again, right? So what what are we talking about? We're going back to our original conversation. We're talking about a virus that people cannot see. Mm-hmm. And we're expecting the cleaners, the cleaning professionals to take care of this. And so the only way for me to, to show what we're cleaning is either A, to grow it, or B, with a black light, or C, with some sort of stuffed animal that I can hold up and say, this is what we're killing. Mm-hmm. And so we, or, or, or even D is to show on the screen or the TV, you know, this is a microscopic picture of what we're trying to work with here. And so that therein lies the whole educational component of, you know, this is why we use the products we use. This is why we use the methodology we use. This is why we use the cleaning process we use. All of those things go into that because you are responsible, Mr. and Mrs. Housekeeper Cleaning Professional to kill the microbes or reduce the microbes that are going to be in this property for the next guest to arrive. 
And so it's incumbent upon us to, to train them and for them to be self-educated and to find out the best way to do things. Well, I think we've probably covered just about, well, of course, we haven't covered everything, <laughs> <laughs> but we've, we've gone a good way through. We have answered all the questions and I really appreciate the very comprehensive answers you've given. I'm going to be heading back to my team I know with uh, with all this, when I've got that list of products and we will be sharing them out. We, we have a, a, a large number of third party contractors because our properties are quite wide, widely spaced. Yeah. So yeah. so we're, we'll be looking at, at creating some sort of best practice. I mean, our properties are clean. I'm not saying that in any way that they're not, but it's just... You you say things like light switches and and those those um, round knobs and um, remote controls. It's just paying more attention, I guess. Paying more attention to what we're already doing. Yeah. We're already there. So so the best analogy I can think of is you think of your favorite sports team. I don't care if it's racing car, basketball, football, cricket, rugby, whatever the case may be. Your favorite sports team. They always practice and discuss the basics every day over and over and over again. Our cleaning team is no different. Mm -hmm. Our cleaning professionals are no different. They need to be reminded of the basics. We need to be talking about the basics because when the basics happen, everything else will come right along with it. And so... You know, the, the, to me, this, this COVID 2019 is a tremendous opportunity for us to raise our hand and to say, hey, as a property manager, as a property owner, as a cleaning professional, this is what I'm doing. I've done this for years. I'm now going to tell my story as to what I do. Here's me picking out my product. Here's me learning about my product. Here's me doing these things. Again, we have to come back and tell our story. I know several people like yourself who are looking, hey, I'm going to be a drive to market now. How can I articulate this? You know, and so finding a way to show what we're doing that we're already doing mm -hmm. and just not be boastful, but to be educational about Mr. And Mrs. Owner, this is what we did this week. Mr. And Mrs. Guest, this is what we did this week. And then by on that so social media timeline, they will be able to go back and see all the stuff you were doing in aggregate and those small things every day build up to a large thing by the time some of those guests will get around to seeing it. Yeah, I think you said it, it just right there when you said it. There, there is an opportunity here, and yeah, you know, an opportunity to be more transparent and open and educational. And I love that. Hey, Dirk, that was fantastic. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. For, Thank you for having for me back. Joining me, it's been an absolute, um, absolute pleasure. It's been really nice to be able to <laughs> talk to you. I mean, look backwards Likewise. and forwards. For, the, for those what's, of you, who, for those of you who are listening on the podcast, you know, we're recording this on Zoom, so. You know, I'm looking at Dirk as we are chatting. Right. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, you great. know, seeing you once a year at a conference just isn't enough. I just enjoy being with you and your company <laughs> and, and hearing about your expertise. It's just, it's just wonderful. Well, thank you. Thank you for so much for all you do. And, uh, and oh, we shall, well, I shall well. see you again. At, well, hopefully, hopefully at a conference <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> right. I, I was, I was hopefully due to be so. in Barcelona for the Kigo World Conference. And of course that one was, uh, well, that was it's canceled, out. Yeah. And then of course, VRMA Europe. So I'm sure that once yes. we get to the conference, the fall conference season, we'll be, we'll be looking at a different picture. I hope. I hope so too. Uh, yes, ma'am. Hopefully so. 
Wow, that was a great conversation with Dirk Johnson. And thank you so much, Dirk, for joining us and, and sharing all your extensive knowledge. Uh, not sure I really wanted to hear about the, uh, the Petri dish and what was growing in there. But the, the little scientist mind in me thinks, oh, I could try this. This is something... No, I won't be doing that anytime soon. But thanks so much, Dirk, for joining me. I'm sure everybody listening got a huge amount out of that. And, you know, it is a tough time for everybody. We are dealing with almost mass hysteria and and the fear that's that's caused by by so many things not least the you know some of the media coverage but we have to go with it and understand that our guests are going to be fearful and our cleaners are going to be fearful and our owners are going to be fearful and work out different ways of handling all these different types of fears and creating some good responses for them so one thing we're doing, we're, we've just planned a, a Zoom. We're going to have a Zoom meeting for our owners this week. And we're going to bring as many as possible on board so they can come along and ask their questions. And we can tell them what our policies are going to be in terms of cancellations. Because we're making these policies at the moment and they are meeting the needs of a whole variety of different scenarios. So we want to be upfront with our owners, just like Dirk was saying, you know, get out there and educate, let people know what you're doing and do it now rather than, than, rather than them having to speculate on what might happen. So I'm sure that, I mean, this is not going to be the last time we'll be talking about it. I'm sure over the next, uh, next couple of months, we'll be touching back on this uh, over and over again as, as we talk to, to different people. And, uh, and we will bring you the most up-to-date and the most knowledgeable and the best information that you can find on any podcast out there. So if you guys have a few moments, I'd love you to go to iTunes and give me a five-star review. And as I heard on a podcast the other day, somebody saying, you know, if you don't want to give me a five-star review, I'd really prefer that you get in touch with me and tell me why you don't want to do that. And then perhaps I can make some adjustments rather than having a less than stellar review. That is the way that, of course, we, we'd love our guests to do it as well. But, you know, yes, if you've got a minute, just go over to iTunes, give me a review, and that helps us to push the podcast up the ratings. So, as ever, uh, thank you so much for joining me. It's been a pleasure as ever being with you. If there's anything you'd like to comment on, then join the conversation on the show notes for the episode at vacationrentalformula.com. We'd love to hear from you. And I look forward to being with you again next week.
Well, that was a great discussion with Dirk Johnson. Thank you so much for joining me and for sharing all your expertise, which is extensive. Uh, you are my go-to person for anything to do with housekeeping, cleaning, etc. And and it was an absolute pleasure to have you with us. Next week, we are talking to Tammy Sims of Properly and sort of going into a part two of this discussion of coronavirus and cleaning. And Tammy's going to be talking a little bit more about managing cleaning teams and, you know, how you can make it um, better for them and weather this current storm, I guess. So I just want to mention the Facebook group that I started just a few weeks ago, and we're now up to 500 members, and it's called The Business of Short-Term Rental and Property Management. And if you haven't joined in there yet, I suggest you do. We don't talk about um, issues with, or we don't talk much about issues with guests or issues with the OTAs and VRBO and um, Expedia or Booking.com. It's it's more very practically focused on the business of managing a property or properties. Um, so recent discussions have in, included um, you know, safety issues, operational issues, damage deposits and how those are collected. Uh, of course, there's discussions going on about coronavirus and cleaning routines and, and that sort of thing. So there's a lot of very knowledgeable and experienced people in this group. So if you are interested in coming along and getting some great, great information and answers to your questions or just joining in and contributing, we would welcome you to join us. So just um, just go to Facebook and go in the search bar and put the business of short-term rental and property management in there or go to the show notes and just click on the link. That'll take you right there and we would love to welcome you on board. So that's it for another week. Uh, as ever, if you would like to leave me a five-star review on iTunes. I would just love it. If you're thinking about leaving less than five stars, I would encourage you to contact me first and let me know why. Because if I can get the feedback and I can make changes, then I could perhaps garner a five-star review from you. So it's, it's always good to have more reviews because that allows us to push the podcast up the rankings, which is a, a great help to get more and more people to listen to it. So thank you for doing that for me. So I'll look forward to seeing you again. Oh, I'll look forward to being with you again next week. It's been a pleasure as ever being with you. If there's anything you'd like to comment on, then join the conversation on the show notes for the episode at vacationrentalformula.com. We'd love to hear from you. And I look forward to being with you again next week.